Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up. The definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up. Caleb Johnson here with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I did. I was wondering if you were actually going to nail the intro there. I was, uh... Because I totally forgot how you did it. And I was, we just did a 3-2-1 count in. No, it's been good, man. Um, the Braves are rolling here, which is great to see. Heading into an easier part of the schedule, which they're it's good to see that they're taking advantage of. So it's kind of crazy, Caleb, because I feel like all season it's been pessimistic because the play <laughs> on the field has been inconsistent. The other, you know, play it's things have gone against them in terms of losing players for one reason or another. Pretty much every possible reason under the sun, they've been losing players this year. Um, so it's kind of it feels like I'm in the twilight zone or something to see this team actually performing well and moving up the standings. And good lord, they're almost in first place at this point. It's honestly crazy as we talk on Wednesday, August 11th. The Braves are 58 and 55. Yes, you heard me correctly. 58 and 55 that is above 500 which I would I would like to say if you remember the end of last week's episode I specifically said my bold hot prediction which was very actually truthfully very lukewarm (laughs) but it was that when we spoke again this week that the Braves would be above 500 and they made it there they are now second in the east uh but having to deal with a different opponent now in the fact that the New York Mets have done their typical metting. They're metsing it up. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, pitching's been very bad for them. Offense not going well either. They're losing a bunch of games and have fallen down. And so now the Braves are having to deal with the Philadelphia Phillies, which is, I, I guess, is just should have been expected to some extent that they... We're going to be competitive. I mean, 
they do have a talented roster. They mm-hmm. still do have Bryce Harper <laughs> on the team. You know, like it's one of those. Th- this isn't a a bad baseball team, but it was just, I guess, going with the fact that the Mets had new ownership. The Mets had put so much money into bringing in new players. They did. Uh, they were pretty active themselves at the trade deadline. Oh yeah, yeah. I really thought we were going to be. Uh, the Braves were going to be continuing neck and neck with the Mets the rest of the way, and maybe that will come back around and be the case. But for the moment, the Braves one game behind the Philadelphia Phillies, who are currently fifty nine and fifty four on the season. Yeah, and so at fifty nine and fifty four, you think is my thought is like if the Braves had performed the way that we all kind of expected them to perform this year. We probably wouldn't see a 59-54 record from the Phillies as like, you know, eh, it's probably about what we thought they would be, you know, yeah, a little bit exactly. over 500, pretty competitive team, that kind of thing, but probably still not like, um, you know, knocking on the door to, to win the division, but just like the crazy way that it's all shook out, they're actually leading the race right now, which is just insane. But And maybe even more insane that the Braves are only one game back. I mean, that's that's crazy. It could be any day now the Braves could be in first place <laughs> if they just keep winning games. And again, they're playing they're they're tonight we're recording this on Wednesday, August 11th. They'll be playing game 2 against the Reds in a three-game series. But then after that, they've got a ton of winnable series coming up. They've got another ser- series against the Nationals. They've got the Orioles coming up. So like they've got and and I think Marlins are in there potentially. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at it closely. So yeah, I mean like there's still a ton of ton of winnable games for this Braves team here, and they could be not just in first place, but they could have a, you know stretch their lead out a decent amount by the time they get through this stretch of winnable games. So it's all very exciting, and especially when you take into account the players that they've added at the trade deadline who are performing well. Some relievers are coming back and performing much better than they were earlier this season. It's like, again, I go back to like at points earlier this year when, you know, it was like the thing on this podcast that I kept on doing was like, what's your DEFCON rating? You know, what's your DEFCON rating? <laughs> yeah. And at some point, I think we just like gave up on it because we <laughs> I don't know about you, but like I kind of assumed that this team was just not going to be making the playoffs. And it was kind of ridiculous to even ask that question. But and especially after Ronald Acuna Jr. goes down, you think that after something like that happens, then it's all over, you know, and I definitely thought that I, I said so on this show. I said it on the radio, too. And since then, the Braves are well. They're thirteen and ten since the All Star break. And you even you look at those ten losses. You have some blown saves in there, and seven of those ten losses are by one run. So I mean, like you think about this team could even could even have a better record at this point in the season. So uh, and then you've got Travis Darno coming back, Oscar Yanoa coming back, Ian Anderson coming back <laughs> into this rotation. It's like, man, things are pretty good. Things things, things are trending up for the Braves here, and um, yeah, it's it's fun to see. I do. If I could just say one other thing as well, um, just because I'm so hyped right now. <laughs> I know. I'm seeing that. <laughs> um, you know, something that I've really noticed in this Braves team covering them the last couple of years is I really, truly feel like they do feed off of a little bit of adversity, a little bit of like people discounting them. Um, it's hard to say why. Maybe it is just like a, a, a sports talk kind of thing, like a cliched thing, but. You know, I go back to 2019, nobody was thinking, everybody was saying, ah, 2018 was a crazy year, one-off year, they won that division out of nowhere, they're not going to repeat, they don't have that kind of quality. Well, they went out there and nearly won 100 games that year. Um, Then, in 2020, people were like, okay, this team is for real, they've got good players, but then Mike Soroka goes down mid-season during the shortened season, and everybody, you know, myself included, 
was thinking this team is done once again. And then again, from that point on, they rebounded and won the division going away, really. Um, and then this year was like the year where everybody's like, all right, they're the team to beat. They're, you know, they're the you know, repeat division winners. Um, somebody's got to come in and knock them off. And of course, then everything goes wrong for them. But now that they kind of were on the brink of, you know, having the, the knife stabbed through their chest, they have rebounded and they just seem like a team that um, is like battle scarred and feels like that they've been through the worst of the fires and now they can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so it's just kind of a really fun team to watch right now, I think. The number of times that we've had to temper expectations for this team is just insane it does it feels like i for one and and maybe just too easily was able to count them out of like you get to a point you're like yeah this is just it's not gonna happen you know Mm -hmm. i mean you you talk about all the injuries that this team has hit but then i mean how many how many multiple 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 times were we seeing game after game of not only injuries, they just weren't playing up to a a competitive level. I mean, no Freddie, yeah. yeah, Freddie wasn't hitting. You just had pitching that was all over the place. Even and like then, Swanson striking out all the time. Yeah, uh, and then to go from that and still be dealing with plenty of like growing pains as from the All Star break as they put this, you know, what I would call a new roster together kind of re you know redoing the the batting order too with a lot of these new guys it's it's been so fascinating to watch them actually like it's it's one of those who knew it it would take so little i guess to really turn things around when we could still fall back on the fact of you are not getting Marcel Luzuna back in this roster you are not getting Ronald Acuña back on this roster you are not going to add Mike Soroka to this pitching staff and yeah, you talk about the record from the All-Star break. How about let's just talk about the last seven games. They've won six out of seven. Really should have been seven for mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. in that stretch. Uh, and that's, you know, that's maybe a conversation for a um, where you put expectations at postseason-wise. Whereas, I don't know, I, I guess I'm still stuck on this, like, Hey, if they make it great, if they don't, it's fine. Just yeah, because right. of what what of what we've seen so far. But I think now at this point, they are competitive enough that we can go back to being critical. Like I, I was one who w- w- really hated seeing all of the Snitker hate, seeing all of the put this player, you know, X player here kind of thing, mm-hmm. where. Um, you know, a lot of fans were were criticizing maybe some mismanagement here or some poor performance there, and I'm kind of like, look, what do you expect? But now you're 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 at the point of okay, no, it's legitimate. You wanna you wanna start criticizing where Will Smith is yeah. pitching uh, in this rotation? All right, we can do that now because there's actually a guy that you could put there right, that you couldn't right. have before. And it feels like it matters now. You know, yeah. like it feels like now it's like, well, if Will Smith is going to be blowing like we can't have uh, you know, Will Smith be blowing saves right now. We're trying to win the division. Here. Yeah. And at some point it felt like that wasn't possible and so it didn't really matter as much. But yeah, I'm totally with you. Um I think the other exciting thing about this team right now is just that you're seeing them win some of these games like directly through or because of some of these acquisitions that Alex Anthopoulos made at yeah. the trade deadline. Like, Which, 
first off, can we just, I mean. I, dude, he's, <laughs> he's very good at identifying these types, the exact types of players that they picked up at this deadline. These kinds of players who are not like top of your roster star types, but, you know, and again, it's not so often in baseball that you you have an opportunity to pick up those kinds of players, but just finding these like role players, these pieces that can make a big impact. I, I he would go back to 2019. Like Matt Joyce was a guy that like they picked up sneakily off the waiver wire. Was a really great fit for the club. You know they've had lots of those. Tyler Matzik is another one who's who who was kind of an under the radar pickup. And um, they 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 see the potential in in a lot of these players, and especially players who have like kind of just started recently to show they're turning something around. Like in, is is the case with Jorge Soler. Um, <laughs> You know, he had been hitting well for about 10 games or so with the Royals after what was an atrocious season for him. So I well, think that, yeah, just but, a nice, nice prospecting pickup. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, but what I was going to say, like specifically with Solaire, like that is a guy who Alex Anthopoulos was able to, to take advantage of the fact that they were just so frustrated with a season's worth of poor performance, that they're like, you know what? No, get rid of him. Like, yeah. send him, send him out the door. And it seems like Alex is just over there rubbing his hands together, you know, kind of like bring him on. And so, and in Solaire's case, he literally costs like nothing. Yeah, they, they traded a person named Casey Kalich for him. You don't know who that is either, because I, and I don't know who it is. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a middle, like a a, a, re, a relief pitching prospect um With the, who, who maybe in six or seven years will be at the major leagues or something you know like that's yeah. the kind of it was basically nothing you basically gave away nothing for a player who's come in and has hit for power hit at the top of your lineup uh just been a total game changer and now you can see the depth in this lineup now where it's like before you were playing with you know god bless him abraham amante you know like these types of guys who are kind of Honestly, I don't even know if you'd call them quad A players. They're more they're just like triple A players, essentially, uh, playing at the major league level. Now you have guys kind of up and down the order that can change the game with one swing of the bat, like Jorge Soler can, like Adam Duvall can. 
Thankfully, Adam Duvall is playing like the guy who is playing against the Braves every night, which is great. <laughs> that was um, the thing. That, I mean, that was my my biggest concern with bringing Adam Duvall back was just I, I guess I, I had Dan Uglis stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Like yeah. we br- bring him over from from the Marlins and he's not going to perform like he did against the Braves. That hasn't been the case. He still had that. I, I don't know that 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 same pop that he had before uh, with this team, which also drives me a little bit further into the frustration of him not being <laughs> around longer. But it's like, well, at least he's he's here now. Uh, and that was, I mean, that was a solid deadline acquisition that once again did not require giving up a lot. Yeah. So all of this to say, like with these guys performing and like helping, clearly helping the Braves, is you can see that what they did at the deadline was like just enough. It was like it was just the right buttons pushed or just the right pieces acquired that would take a team that's losing a lot of one run games, that's, you know, just like not getting the breaks here and there to all of a sudden becoming a team that is on the other end of those, you know, whether it's like getting a, getting an extra run when you needed it or 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 not giving up a run in the in the bullpen because you added Richard Rodriguez or something. It's nice to see that that incremental bit of production that you added can actually change the course of your season because it changes losses into wins and that is obviously what the Braves need if they wanted to make a run at this division and they also like they did all of this without giving up any current roster talent Bryce Wilson is essentially what they gave up yeah like this but this was the whole like you and I had this conversation multiple times heading into the trade deadline that well you know it's really gonna take giving up a Charlie Morton. It's mm-hmm. gonna take uh, giving up uh, this player here or that player there in order to get someone of any substantial worth. Now, granted, we get it. The Braves didn't do what the Dodgers did. They didn't go get Scherzer and Trey Turner. Like we get it. They didn't go trade for Chris Bryant. We get it. You know, they didn't go for the big splash, the easy decision, the 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 player who took a rap sheet of other players in order to acquire. And it seems like that's been the best idea. Like I, I just right. didn't, I didn't think it was possible, Joe. I, I really didn't. I thought it was going to. I had fully come to grips with Charlie Morton was not a part of this team anymore, and or whoever else big name it it could have been. And I think that is part of why it's so impressive. And and plenty of people can poo poo on the fact that the Braves didn't bring in a bigger name to completely turn around this season. But all of these small pieces are making the difference that has won six out of seven games. Yeah, and I I, I think that that's the brilliance, uh, the true brilliance of what Alex Anthopoulos did, which was identify the fact that picking up a Trey Turner, picking up a Joey Gallo, picking up a, you know, whoever it is, whatever one of these big names are that, that was getting touted and got traded at the deadline – one of the, adding one of those players was not going to change the course of the brave season and well or it's, it wasn't going to like elevate them to a level where it's like okay now you're vaulting into like a different level of talent from like being a middling chasing team to you know a, a team that's on par with the Dodgers or the or whoever you know the Rays or whoever who, yeah. you know, whoever you want to identify. Um, they were never going to be able to alter their roster like that, especially when you already had suffered such brutal injuries like Deron Acuna and everything. So um, I think the real brilliance in what Alex Anthopoulos saw was that there was more to be gained by adding 
a, a, a more, like more in the way of depth, like a larger actual quantity of players who could provide you some value instead of just trying to get all that value through one player. First of all, it just makes it, it, it alleviates the risk, right? It alleviates the, the risk of, you know, giving away a bunch to bring in a good player and then that player just, you know, happy to not perform for whatever reason, which can definitely happen after a trade and moving cities and everything. Um, but also just the fact that this team, like we've I, we've known that when you look at the Braves lineup every day, you you know it's it's weak. It's it's it, yeah. and it's not very. It, it was just like from top to bottom, it was not very strong. And so you needed numbers um, to kind of plug into that lineup and really create depth. And so not only did they well, create depth in the lineup, but they like by by adding the multiple pieces, they give. Brian Snicker an opportunity to like match guys up and really put them in the prime positions to be able to perform at their best. And so I think that that's also one of the reasons why some of these guys have come in and been able to succeed relatively quickly. You, yeah, you said it right there with it added depth. And when I, I go over the names, the Starling Martes, the Joey Gallows, the any of those big names that were out there that were traded for at the deadline, none of them are bringing more production to their team than all of these smaller, lesser guys are doing to the Braves combined, but that still would have fixed one hole for the Braves, whereas these guys have come in and have filled multiple slots, and it's it's working. Like It's just, it's nice to see it all come together. It's nice to have that change in optimism where I just didn't believe this was necessarily possible. I thought mm-hmm. I thought I was I would thought we were about to witness a plateau. Like when we are when when the team was going through that what the 18 game stretch of win loss, win loss, win loss kind of scenario, I knew that wasn't going to sustain, but I just kind of assumed that this team was headed for that very average. I called this team average before, very average team, but this team now this Braves team now is not playing like an average team. Uh, and like you spoke to earlier, they're coming into a perfect point of the season, which is, yeah, I mean, you, you can say what you want about Cincinnati. I don't take them very serious, uh, even less so than mm-hmm. I did a year ago, uh, especially when guys like Amir Garrett are kind of just completely collapsing in yeah. games. And I saw him as a, a much better talent for them in the past. Uh, but when they're having their bullpen issues, they're just not really winning games. Then you head into Washington, where Washington like completely sold off their team. I mean, they, they, they put a yard sale sign <laughs> out and sold it all at the trade deadline it was rough to watch it was but brutal hey, if you're a fan yeah, yeah. But it's probably the right thing for them to do if they want to sure. get back to the top the quickest that's a, uh, it's kind of unfortunately how you have to do it exactly but that means the braves can capitalize on playing a team that is depleted at this point you talk about yeah. you know going to miami and while miami made some moves they're still just not a very good baseball team right now capitalize on that going to baltimore uh, I mean, I think the toughest stretch is when, you know, the, the going, <laughs> facing the, the Yankees, the Giants, and the Dodgers. That, definitely that's, t- picks up after that. Yeah, yeah after that's, de- that's, def- that's definitely a true test. But in the meantime, capitalizing, especially against your division here in the, the, the near future rather than the distant future, is very much um, a, a real possibility for this team and it's going to be interesting because 
this might also be the time that Brian Snicker can make some adjustments, some changes to the bullpen, some changes if he wants to, to the lineup and figure out what's working best against these teams who aren't as talented before you get into that really tough part of the schedule. Uh, and that's made possible by the fact of this team is winning games. And, and you talked about them alternating the wins losses. And obviously that was like a huge talking point within the fan base. It was kind of like, you you laugh at it and everything. Yeah. And, and, um, well, you laugh through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think that something that was under-talked about during that time was the fact that they actually... like I, I, I think you can see that period as being a very successful period for the Braves because they were playing such a difficult part of their schedule at that time, coming out of that All-Star break, having to face the Rays, uh, the Padres, and the Brewers. Like It was like really stacked. And the fact that you were able to go win-loss, win-loss, in fact, they could have done better than that. You know, I mentioned earlier the the seven losses that they've had in some of these series that were just by one run, and they blew some saves there as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have been better. And I think that that was honestly a, a nice stabilizing force coming into this period. But I am just kind of now looking a little bit further along the schedule. So after you get through – so after Cincinnati, you've got – Three game series all against Washington, Miami, and Baltimore. Then you got that tough stretch. You got a pair against the Yankees. Then you got three against the Giants, who are still winning the NL West somehow, uh, <laughs> and the Dodgers. But then after that, Caleb, you've got four against the Rockies, three against the Nationals, three against the uh, the Marlins again, and three more against the Rockies. So you come into a, like another really easy period. And I think I was looking. I think I saw that uh, the Braves have like the twenty uh, fifth uh, hardest schedule in baseball from here on out. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. The the Phillies are also like right there. They're like 25, 26. They're like right next to each other. And I think the Mets have like the second toughest schedule in baseball from here on out. So um, things won't get any easier for them. So it'll just be wild to see how yeah. all this shakes out. Well, and here's a, a, an added point to all of this is Alex Anthopoulos told us something, Joe, a few months back that I didn't buy. I was completely out on this idea of Alex Anthopoulos getting in front of a microphone and saying, hey, guys, if you'll just wait till August, Travis Darno and Waskari <laughs> Noah are coming back. And I was like, Alex, I don't care. This team's going to be completely. Weak. That's a weak, yeah, weak ex argument. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it was all this typical GM speech, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah. just kicking the can down the road. This team's going to be completely irrelevant come that time. Like, it's just worthless for you to tell us that come August, Darno and, and Enoa are going to be back. And now you're like, whoa, today. Back. <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically today, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure it'll be you know good news to, to Braves fans who have had some ill will towards Kevin Smith. But today, the Braves return Travis Darno to, uh, you know, to the active roster and designated Kevin Smith for assignment. So, like, Darno's back. And I think we're, what, just a week or less away from Waskar Noah being back. Like, mm -hmm. they are coming back at a very good time. Mm -hmm. And the Braves are also winning. So, like, I mean, you know, Prophet Alex Anthopoulos is really coming through. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And and we got to give credit, and we I'm sure we've done this in previous podcasts, especially the last podcast, because they've already been rolling a little bit. But uh, you got to give credit to Kyle Moeller, credit to Tuki Toussaint for the way that yeah. these guys have been able to step into these roles in the starting rotation, and and not just kind of you know tread water, but I mean these guys have been really effective. Um, so you got to give them a ton of credit, and it makes this Braves rotation now, which has been really strong over these last couple months, especially when a guy like Drew Smiley has been able to get himself back in really good form. Um, and now you add, again, those two men, uh, you add Yanoa, you add Ian Anderson to that mix. All of a sudden, you have kind of have too many starting pitchers. And I think that well, we're pr- probably pretty likely to see either like a Toussaint or a Yanoa, you know, add to the bullpen and it gives you more firepower there. I was just about to say, I remember, like, it's so funny how, like, you know, life kind of goes in a circle of, <laughs> of having these conversations with you about, hey, is Enoa better off served in the bullpen? And then we got to a point where I was like, there's absolutely no way you can keep this guy in the bullpen. Right. And then now it's like, well, him working his way back into the major league seems like a perfect opportunity for yep. him to go to the bullpen. And... At a great time when the Braves really need that help because Ben Shaky uh, also includes a guy that Braves fans cried for and cried for and cried for. A man who showed up to, to Truist Park on his own dime <laughs> to sell the team that he was ready. Shane Green has no longer... Is, is, been his, designated his, for assignment. His, Shane Green's watch has ended. <laughs> yeah, his watch has ended uh, <laughs> in favor of AJ Minter, a guy who Braves fans just a couple months ago were like, get him out of here yeah. because of how bad he looked. Uh, and now went down to Gwinnett, apparently had uh, had some good numbers. Dominant. So, so seven, good. <laughs> seven, seven and a third innings, no hits, three walks. Again, face the minimum amount of batters, except for those three. He faced three batters over the minimum amount of batters and 10 strikeouts in seven seven 7.1 innings. That's about Wait, as perfect as you can get. We'd, we'd like to give a courtesy to AJ Mentor's agent who uh, <laughs> provided Joe with that information. No, I kid. Uh, but I, I joked with Joe, uh, it's been, what, a week or so back, that the Gwinnett Stripers had posted a a thing on Instagram that had AJ Minter's numbers and how impressive they looked. And I was like, Oh, okay. Someone's agents working, you know, trying to get his man back into the majors. And it worked. Um, no guarantee that he's going to continue that sure. form. I mean, like, and I think there's a big mental and physical hurdle, sure. you know, ju- making that jump, but there you go. Well, because I don't know if Joe, I don't know if you saw who the next one that, uh, that the stripers called some attention to. No, who was it? Uh, one Jacob Webb. Oh, wow. Jacob's been pitching apparently pretty well down with the Gwinnett Stripers. Enough so that, you know, they felt the need to to put his numbers out there. Uh, and, yeah, let's see. I, I knew I was going to find it. Jacob Webb 
has not allowed a run in his last eight relief appearances. He is one and one with a 2.21 ERA, uh, 0.89 whip, uh, and his uh, opponent's batting averages is 167 in the 20 huh. games pitch. So Jacob Webb, also agent, probably doing some work behind the <laughs> scenes of like, all right, got I, I got AJ up there, you know. Come on, Jacob's yeah. next. Uh, it, but it, uh, of guys who went down to Gwinnett and apparently reset whatever they needed to get right. In all seriousness, looking at this bullpen, it really does kind of have a fresh feel with Richard Rod- Rodriguez having you know been incorporated and and really looking fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, he's yeah. jumped in and looked like one of your best arms uh, in there, especially your right-handed arms. It's basically been the Braves have been relying on Luke Jackson so much uh, because Chris Martin has just not been the same guy that we kind of grew to know and love in 2019-2020. So um, I think it's really big when you talk about guys like whether it's going to be Yanoa, whether it's going to be Tuki Toussaint, you know, whoever it might be, Kyle Muller even potentially, um, you know, moving to that bullpen, it gives you another problem as, you know, you would assume they're going to be effective uh, to be able to pitch, you know, one inning when needed and to have another strong right-hander in there is going to make, give Brian Snicker even more options. I think the, the interesting debate that's happening right now with the Braves bullpen is honestly revolves around Will Smith. He's the, the yeah. one probably in like the worst kind of form right now and unfortunately he is also the guy you're relying on to pitch the ninth inning which you know obviously the most important role in the bullpen so um you know I I I, Brian Snicker seems like a guy who just relies on you know he likes having just that ninth inning guy who's going to come in and pitch the ninth and it's it's just an uneasy situation anytime Will Smith enters because you know that he's so susceptible to guys hitting home runs off of him that the lead can change at any given moment. And I think he's given up a couple home runs this year that have blown saves for him that have literally happened when he needs one more strike to get to end the game. Yeah. It's it's hard to watch. I mean, it's it honestly – it is it has reached a point of um, – I'm trying to think of, of – it's one of those like – name here of guys in the past though that you you get to the late innings and you don't have that assurance that i, f- I feel like that the Braves paid for like, oh yeah they like, paid them like big the, time yeah, yeah they, they they paid for this assurance and they're not getting it and now you have a point of i mean joe are are you of the mindset of shake it up and do something different uh you know if they did, I would be all for it, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. If they don't, like, I'm not necessarily against it, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't really feel that strongly about it. But maybe me say, me, maybe myself admitting that I would be totally fine seeing Richard Rodriguez come in and pitch the ninth if Brian Snicker ever opted to do that. I'd be totally fine with that. Probably speaks volumes about, you know, how I feel right now about Will Smith as this team's closer. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird line to toe because you have the hey, you know, you, well, I I think from a Braves fan perspective, you go oh shit, you know, snit, you need to shake it up, you need to do something different. Clearly, you know, this guy is blowing games or on the verge of blowing games, and so clearly something different needs to happen. And then I am on the understanding side of snit not doing something because all right, if we're building a staff that's working leading up to Will Smith, then we'll be fine and he can work out his confidence issue. If I just pull that from him and I plug in someone else, now I've created A, a competition that's going to go into the playoffs of 
who is it going to be? But I've also messed with the guy's confidence at a time that he's already not pitching well. It's, it's such a difficult, like, like, it's one of those, I just don't think fans give enough credit to that manager's decision of how many different things he has to juggle. Yeah. And if you drop one, you might drop six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and like, then you've created a bigger mess by changing one little thing. Like this isn't, this isn't reordering uh, you know, the batting order. Like right. th- this is a much bigger issue. Uh, but it is, it is one of those that I feel like we are one more Will Smith poor performance away from Smith having to make a different yeah. decision. It just depends on, you know, how late in the season we are and um, how other guys, how dominant other guys are looking. Yeah, totally agree. And I got to say just – one last thing is like the for me the eye test on Will Smith just like doesn't look yeah like the same dominant stuff um you know it's kind of like a lot of ninety four mile an hour fastballs that kind of you know when he can when he, he can locate the slider which is nice that he can throw that pitch for strikes and it helps him out a lot but like the stuff does not seem dominant I guess I guess that's what I would say um I know we, I know we got to get out of here uh, really really soon and there's your alarm that goes off right there <laughs> but I know you want to talk about Drew Smiley real quick so. yeah. All right, so I don't know if anyone saw uh, after last night, after Tuesday's game, Drew Smiley gets in the post game, and first off, kudos to Drew Smiley, another strong performance, another performance that I did not expect out of him. He made one mistake, like one one mistake in what he it was what six innings, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the one the one bad pitch that gives up a two run homer. Other than that very solid performance, he gets to the post-game press conference and he lets out one little detail that this was the first game his dad's been able to see him pitch in quite some time. And he, he kind of alluded to the fact of he really was thankful he had the type of performance he did because his dad was able to watch. And then this is always the, the un- uncomfortable thing for media members is to ask follow-up questions because you'll want to know more, but you can clearly see on Drew's face that this is a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. And so I I think, you know, Mark and David and all those guys who were asking follow-up questions to Drew about his dad and wanting to know more information, I think they did a very good job asking what was going on, which was, uh, it seems like Drew's dad's been going through some cancer issues uh, just some overall poor health uh, and hasn't been able to see him pitch since 2019. Uh, and so for his dad to be in the stadium last night to see his son, you know, have an impressive performance and help the Braves win, just, I don't know, I, I just, uh, yeah, no, it makes you go through a range of emotions. Yeah, for absolutely. And I think uh, for me, the biggest thing was he talked about his dad having a surgery yeah, to remove the col- to for to remove I, I would assume a tumor that caused by the colon cancer um, at the end of spring training, and then of course he gets off to a really rough start to the season, and fans are upset, you know, trashing him, trashing the Braves for you know overspending on him and free agency and all this stuff, and it just goes to show that you never I know I know we're hey, I'll, we're yeah. we're all guilty you know we're all I was about guilty. To say, I raised my hand because that was you know and it, listen like. We don't. If you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, like you can only kind of, you know, 
This is why we watch sports, like, and you yeah. automatically make judgments on, you know, players' uh, performances and things. So, but it's just like well, you don't always know the whole story. And for him, obviously, he was dealing with something that was really personal and emotional, and um, I'm sure that it was affecting him. On top of he, had, he had a little injury that he went on the IL at the end of the month uh, to start the season, so that may have been affecting him as well. But um, just couldn't be happier for the guy that he's kind of been able to prove a lot of those doubters wrong, ourselves included, and um, is clearly proving that he's, you know, a, a huge part of this Braves team and the, the success they're having. You know, a lot of this um, success that the rotations had these last couple months and the turnaround they've had has been a lot down to him and his improved performances. And so um, just kind of a just a really neat, cool story that brings, again, a lot of emotions out uh, in kind of all different directions, but glad to see it's kind of happening, having a happy ending here. Yeah, kudos to Drew Smiley. I was one that I, I've never been so glad to say I was wrong about a preseason prediction that I said come this time of the year. I didn't think he was still <laughs> going to be on this team. I've never been so glad to be so wrong uh, and to see it come around and for him to have that moment, for him to to affect this team the way he has, you know, bringing solid performances, helping this team win, just good all around. Uh, so a, a feel-good way to wrap up Batter Up. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, with a continued Braves winning streak. Uh, maybe they'll be in first place. Maybe that's my hot take <laughs> for next week, is that by the next week, by the next time we talk, the Braves will be in Let's first do it. place. It's on the record. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but, yeah, once again, thanks, everybody, for listening, and catch us wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back next week, and uh, have a good one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 